0: Everyone, I'm Simon from Sterling Coaching, and welcome to this podcast episode, in which I'm joined by a fellow coach, Adrian Wales. And Adrian is a business coach, mentor, facilitator, and trainer with over 30 years of experience of helping individuals and businesses get what they want from their life and work. And I'm gonna ask Adrian a little bit later on to tell us a little bit about a secret that I didn't know, that here in the UK, the post office. Uh, used to have uh, what were their mentors for the businesses, the postmasters, and he's going to tell us a little bit about that later on. But Adrian now focuses particularly on the development of leaders and high-performing teams using a variety of practical tools and techniques to ensure that people at all levels of business feel valued, empowered, and motivated to succeed. His background is in senior leadership, where his enthusiasm for individual and team achievement was utilised in some high-profile roles. In his career, he's led national teams, appeared on TV, so I didn't know that when we spoke, appeared on TV and radio and has been mentioned by name in the House of Commons on two separate occasions. However, Adrian's real flair lies in his ability to help people to be the very best that they can be no matter what they want to achieve in life or in business. And I'm sure we're going to hear of Adrian's warm, wry humour and how it's complemented by a serious commitment to ensuring that all clients are treated with the utmost respect and care, professionalism and courtesy. And of course, Adrian's always sensitive to the needs of the person or team. And as it says here right at the end of his bio, outside of the day job, Adrian also works with young people in a voluntary capacity. Acting as a coach and mentor, his other interests are wide and varied, from rugby, league, ballroom dancing, uh, uh, to playing piano and keyboards, along with his life, uh, wife, Lisa, who sings. Welcome to today's podcast, Adrian. Thank you very much. Nice to be here. And and what a great set of um, sort of comments to make in introduction. It's so great to have somebody on the podcast who is passionate about you know, getting people to be the best that they can be and that's what you know uh, I've always lived that mantra by since first going in uh, reading tony robbins cds and books and things like that and you know that's what it's all about isn't it you know we we might not be the best but we can always be the best that we can be can't we so uh, that's great uh, glad to have you with us we're not going to talk immediately about coffee we're going to talk about tea first so you mentioned that you have coffee in the morning and then you want on tea so you've got you've got tea at the moment tell us a little bit about the tea you're drinking and why well
1: there's not much to tell it's probably it's probably co-op I, I, I'm, I'm not a connoisseur really of either tea or coffee um, but um, I, I think I think tea's more refreshing and um, and obviously not quite as, uh, as strong in caffeine I don't think so uh, usually I segue after lunch to a nice cup of tea um, yeah. But, um, yeah, it's just, it's just a habit I've formed over years, morning coffee, afternoon tea. You generally have a biscuit to go with it, but not this afternoon. Oh,
0: do you remember those biscuits, morning coffee? They used to, have to actually have a biscuit called morning coffee. Yeah. They used to have it written on it. I don't know if they still do them. Not sure, but they, they were very thin, so you used to have to double them up before you dunk them. <laughs> you did, and they always broke off and dropped <laughs> <That's> into the... I never, ever, ever have a biscuit dunked in coffee. It's not my thing at all. I, I can't see how that works at all. And I'm sure other people will argue that are listening to this, but I'm definitely a dunker of biscuits in tea and morning coffee were always the ones that you had to scrape at the bottom of the cup when you got to the bottom of it. So uh, yeah. 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 Definitely yeah. dunking biscuits. <laughs> yeah. So how do you, how do you take your tea? How are you drinking it in a moment and, and what you're drinking it in for listeners? You know, Adrian's got a very flowery shirt on. So the mug is also quite flowery.
1: It's actually quite a flowery cup as well, and um, I think it's I think it's from the Denby range. But um, yeah, take it with milk. Take it with milk. Yeah, a bit posh. um, No sugar. Um, But um, yeah, with coffee, I've not quite got rid of the sugar. I I find coffee a little bit bitter without the sugar, so I've got to have a teaspoon of sugar in there or or
0: honey actually sometimes, which is which is quite nice. Yeah, I yeah. tend to put honey in my coffee when my voice is starting to go. So mm-hmm. if I'm ever doing a podcast like this and I think I need to drink coffee because, you know, it's expected, but my voice is just starting to go. Then a little bit of honey just takes, as you say, takes the edge off, but helps the throat a little bit as well, doesn't it? Really? Yeah. 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 And I can't wait. My, my bees are just starting to get quite busy and the fields are, are full of, of maize out here as well. So I'm, I'm hoping to get my own honey this year as well. Had none last year, but I'm hoping to get some, this year but it's just been so cold here in the UK hasn't it Yeah, you know, at night. yeah I think the bees have struggled a little bit yeah yeah so what's the coffee that you drink then tell us a little bit about coffee you have in the morning
1: well um I, I've, I've drunk a number of coffees over the years um I um I can, I can still remember the days of the 1970s um when um, and I come from a place called Batley in West Yorkshire which um I always say Batley in the 1970s was a bit like the rest of the country in the 1930s, you know. Um, and my mother used to drink this this horrible um, concoction. Uh, it was called Camp. Uh, oh, I remember Camp that. Coffee and chicory essence. It was um, it was not good. So I, I do like a nice filter coffee. And um, I tried a few. But the one I've, I've actually settled on, Simon, and I think this will surprise people, is actually from Lidl. It's, okay. It's, um, it's a Kenyan coffee. It comes in a nice bright orange bag, um, and apparently it's got um, aromas of lemon and black currant. I think. And you know what? It's my favorite coffee. I love that. Really?
0: Yeah. See, definitely- I, rem- I remember Camp, and didn't it come in a bottle? Was it liquid coffee? It was, it's wasn't a cold it? Cold bottle. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 I never tried it. Um, I think you can still get either. I don't know if you can get in the UK more, but I have had somebody on the podcast who's mentioned it before who actually uh, in where they lived, you could still get that sort of liquid coffee. Mm,
1: yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. And yeah. I, I think then that we transitioned into mellow birds, which probably at the time was considered um, quite quite posh when I was brought
0: up. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, mellow birds. I don't know. Are, I, don't know I, I think it does still exist as well. I'm sure it does. Yeah, yeah. some I, I remember somebody, I think we went to Macro and bought Mellow Birds once instead of the uh, Nest Cafe. I know yeah. oh, it was awful. It the, it was such a, um, oh, it, you know, it wasn't a nice coffee at all in our office. Nobody drank it and we ended up with this two kilogram tin of coffee that just seemed to stay in the cupboard forever.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, because the, the other big problem, you know, in, in back in the day was that many people used to use powdered milk uh, yeah because they didn't have fridges, so you'd know you be be having camp uh, coffee with with powdered milk, uh, something like Marvel, wasn't it? Yeah, I'd I'd like to think that uh, our tastes have become a little bit more sophisticated. It's it's
0: interesting you say that, though, because we we had a guest on a podcast um, just two or three episodes ago who still has powdered milk in their coffee. Right. Uh, Purely, not for the taste, um, but for the fact that they don't like their coffee to go cold. And they tend to take quite a while to drink it, and yeah. I think powdered milk was always that alternative just to keep the heat in the coffee a little bit as well. And if you go camping and things like, that, you know, one it's easy to keep and carry, but it also it doesn't it doesn't go cold so quick, does it?
1: Well, that's true. Although I could never stop mine going lumpy. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a I think there's yeah. You have to get it. There's a knack, isn't there, of doing that? Uh, agree. Definitely, definitely. Agree, yeah. So, so we've talked about the coffee. I've got to ask you about the shirt you're wearing. So listeners, uh, Adrian's wearing a shirt which is uh, sort of a, a burgundy purple colour then with lots of flowers. It. So for the listeners, just describe how you would call the shirt and and just tell us a little bit about how and why you're
1: wearing it. Um well, I, I love to wear um, what people would describe as loud shirts, I suppose, um, mm. and and in fact, a lot of people over the last few years have kind of said, you know, it's, it's my um, something like the calling card, and I, and it's not deliberate, really. I think it came from oh, about ten, ten, fifteen years ago when I, uh, at that time, I was working in uh, senior leadership and probably working crazy hours, doing a sixty-hour working week, and and. Yeah. Yeah, i look at my wardrobe and think, well, the, the thing is that um, the, the shirts that I wear for going out, which are all really lovely, I hardly ever seem to, to wear, the shirts that I wear for work are all quite plain. And yet, yeah. actually, I'm spending far more time in working sh- shirts. So why don't I just flip that and start wearing the shirts that I would go out in at work? Yeah. And, and oh, cool. So I started to do that. And, um, um, and I, I mean, this particular shirt, I think it's uh, from a, a company called Curtis and Hawes, um, Fabulous, they do some wonderful shirts, and um, they, they have a shop in Leeds in the Victorian quarter, which um, I, I sometimes frequent, but they do online as well. And I just love the shirts. Yes. I also love yeah. the, the fact that not particularly this one, but a lot of them have quite high collars, and um, I, yeah. I do like a nice collar as well,
0: yeah, yeah. And I think you know, and I'm sure listeners, you're the same, but you know, uh, with my shirts, you know, I, I, I tend to have Lewin shirts, TM Lewin shirts, and I like those that you can put the inserts into the collar. Yeah. Uh, and I, I have a sort of general rule that, particularly if I'm going out to see clients, then it's double cuffs because I, I like wearing my cufflinks links mm. um, and never a tie. And mm. because I don't wear a tie, I'm very particular about the shape of the collar because you get mm. some of those now that the collars are quite wide and they really look a bit odd if you fasten, unless you fasten the button up and have a tie because they, they're sort of a bit too far out for me. But uh, yeah, yeah I, th- I think we all have our. Almost our uniform, don't we? And, uh, and the reason I asked about the because I know from our conversation before, you know, your experience with the post office. Mm-hmm. And you know, we our next door neighbors, Chris and Sarah, were both, um, you know, they ran their own post office and they they were always wearing either white or gray, yeah. And we used to go out with them at night. And Chris, every time you used to go out anywhere, it was always. A really colourful shirt and that's what I thought you were going to tell me because it was almost and it, it, it's, it's a very similar answer and I asked him once you know why why the you know, over the top shirts and he said I wear boring grey and white all day long he said it's the only chance I get to actually add a bit of colour to my life yeah. um so yeah great and I think you know a lot of listeners can do something with that as well mm, very much so thinking about your your own business and you know I want to ask you a couple of questions a little bit later about the experience with the post office but what's been the latest or most significant thing that you've actually worked on in your own business
1: it's probably um an enhancement of our marketing strategy really um when we set off our business six years ago we we kind of started from pretty much scratch really in terms of uh, networks and, and contacts and, and where to go for business
0: yeah
1: um so we, we started um tapping up families and family and friends and and um got, got quite a, um, a, a bit of business there and then yep. you know that started to grow and we came to sort of do having real customers and and of course ex-clients are a great source of business yeah the thing that neither of us had much appetite for was doing stuff online, uh, whether online, or okay. social media. I, I think I've I've always been a little bit reticent, um, based on the fact that that a lot of social media is a sort of, um, shall we say, uh, self-aggrandizing. Uh, yeah. Look at me! This is what I'm doing today, kind of stuff, which you know, uh, is kind of anathema to my soul, really. So. Yeah. Uh, but over the over the length of time that we've we've had the business, we've become more and more conscious that, that that perhaps we are to some extent missing something in in not having more of an online presence. We've got a website and we've got yeah. your LinkedIn accounts, etc. Um, but what we're really looking for, Simon, was was how to go about doing that, how to make that more structured, and kind of realised that that over the course of the last few years, we've built quite a lot of. Um, bespoke material both in training and in coaching and wouldn't it be great if we actually found a way of sharing that with people um so what we've done over the last few weeks is we've started working with a social media expert because neither of us are experts ourselves in 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 dripping out um clips and excerpts if you like from some of the stuff that we do and we're building that around a monthly theme so in april um we decided to make it around stress awareness. Um, there's been a lot of publicity around mental health and, and returning yeah. to work and some of the issues that's caused. This month, um, we're focusing on learning at work. I think it's learning at work week, next week. Yeah. Um, and that, that was a quite a good thing to, um, to start, start again, putting some of the stuff that we've developed, the things that we know works with, with people both in business and in education. Um, so yeah, early days, yeah, but but um, it feels like a lot more synchronized with the rest of our marketing activity, really.
0: Yeah, and it, and it's interesting you say that about that perception of online. I completely agree with you. I'm sure listeners, you do, are you know, you will as well. That yeah, a lot of the content that's online is look at me. Yeah. Um I think that has probably changed over the last 18 months, and that's something I have seen that has made a difference during this pandemic that you know we're still in as we record this um that people have started to say what can i do for other people and i think you know we've seen so many different stories of people that have stepped up raised funds helped out neighbors and i think online because we've been locked up online has become actually what it was meant to be a place where people can do that Mm. But from a business point of view, I think you're, you're absolutely right. And it's interesting that you're using, you know, some of the content that you've already done and created to load that up in a way that benefits others. Mm. What kind of process is that being, you know, is it, are you, are you, you, I think you mentioned snippets know, yeah, mm. what's the, what's the sort of process doing? because I know a lot of people struggle with, with social media in particular and say, I don't know what to put up there. I don't know. I've got something, but I don't know how to make it fit. What's been that process of getting that content broken down, ready for social media?
1: It's, it's been really been good for us because it's helped us to, to look at the stuff that we've produced with a, with a different uh, viewpoint, if you like. Mm-hmm. And also, whilst it's, um, it's material that we've already developed, the actual process of looking to abbreviate it and looking to tailor it makes you actually add more content. So it's oh, a computer, um, what I call a virtuous circle, I suppose. Um, yeah. But but if you took um, something like stress awareness, so we've um, we've been using material uh, for for a few years in both business and in education, which which shows that that different personalities react in different ways um, to stressful situations, and and um, so in in sort of uh, breaking that up for social media we've been asking questions you know what sort of personality are you um you know mm. given a particular situation it might be a conflict at work for example you know how, how do you like to react you know uh, how, not how do you like to how do you typically react are you a person yeah. that maybe goes off and needs their own space needs to calm down are you a person that needs to maybe go and cry on someone's shoulder how, how do you typically deal with that and, and a lot of what we do starts with that sort of foundation stone if you like of development, which is self-awareness and and Mm an understanding self and and that's a consistent theme both in our training and our coaching is is is, and goes back to the how to be the best version of yourself because the fundamental question sometimes is well i'm not sure that i know who i am you know so um yeah that's something we, we help people with
0: yeah you mentioned about having a monthly theme as as well what kind of difference has that made to the way that you've been able to focus or you know, create content for online then how's that benefited you
1: well one of the things that's, that's interesting is is the effect on other other areas of our marketing and te- networking as a, a classic example now you know i've over the last five six years gone to a lot of networking events and at one time you know when you do your networking introduction you kind of listen to other people and you kind of go, okay, so you need to introduce yourself and uh, tell them where you're from and, and and maybe put something witty in there or something memorable in that 60 seconds. Whereas now, because we're working on a monthly theme, what we're looking to do is, is to take something of use and maybe weave it into that. You know, okay. so I might say, you know, I'm, I'm Adrian Wells and, and I'm from LPD, uh, which is all about helping people to learn and develop. So one of the things that we're doing this month And then go on to maybe talk about you know how well people to learn work. So it's always trying to add value, I suppose, Simon. And I think we've become Mm. a lot more conscious of that in in the last sort of
0: couple of years. You know, it's interesting as you're saying, Adrian, because it it took me back to the years when I had a garden centre, and I think some businesses fall very naturally into those themes because garden centres are seasonal, Mm. so. You know, when you're coming up to a certain period, like Christmas, that's what I thought of. You know, I start talking about, or used to start talking about Christmas trees in November, ready for them coming in, you know, first week in December or last week in November. So my theme of November was Christmas trees. And we did radio sponsorship. We did competitions on the radio to give away a Christmas tree. We put signs up saying Christmas trees coming soon. And I think a lot of businesses do that without really thinking about we have a theme but a lot of us particularly those of us who are service businesses you know as you've just said there when you get that theme it makes it so much easier to talk not just online but at networking to target clients it becomes so much easier doesn't it for people to know what it is that we can help them with
1: yeah yes and I think it's particularly important with something like coaching which is which is very generic and where you know you get all sorts of different people and, and different types of cultures so so to make it live for people i think you've, you've really got to to delve into what it is actually that you are offering specifically
0: you know yeah yeah now when we, you and i first spoke obviously we we had a quick introductory conversation for listeners um with adrian before uh we we scheduled this this podcast and you were telling me you know, about the, the background in the post office. And my perception of the post office is very corporate, very um, sort of highbrow, sort of big organization type wheels and mechanics. And I was intrigued and really pleased with what you told me about the way that the post office used to. And, you know, we need to add that caveat used to, you know, have people like you looking after the postmasters who essentially were running their own businesses, weren't they, their own shops. Tell the listeners a little bit more about that, because I think most of the listeners here, when they're thinking about a coach, they want someone who's been there and done it. Mm. And there are lots of corporate coaches out there who perhaps people might shy away from uh, because they think, oh, they've worked in big business. They've not worked in a business like mine. But I think your story brings a lot of the listeners to the realisation that there are people out there that do have the experience that they need. And you've gained a lot of experience of helping businesses, as I read out in your bio, by actually doing that, working for a huge national organisation. So just tell the listeners a little bit more about that backstory of the post office.
1: Yeah, so um, this was probably back in the, in the very early 90s. And, you know, I mean, the post office has been around a long time and and for for a long, long time, you know, they had this huge network of, of, um, of branches, something like 24,000 at its peak. Uh, in every town, every village, almost every hamlet, you had a post office. And, and mm. you know, it, it, for, for, for a long time, they, they kind of uh, were very arm's length, shall we say, in terms of the relationship with some postmasters. You kind of gave them the keys, and 20, 30 years later, you went and collected them again when they were retiring <laughs> or designing. Yeah. You know? Um but in the, in the early 90s, I think the post office took a, a, a kind of different view. I think they, they really wanted to support postmasters. They wanted their businesses to grow. I think part mm-hmm. of that was driven by the fact that for the first time, some of the more traditional businesses, such as benefits and, and, and um, some of the bill payment facilities and banking, had started to slowly drop so um i don't think it was completely altruistic but i think what it was yeah. intended to do was to provide much more first line support um and whilst they 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 never called uh, the managers mentors in fact we had all sorts of weird and wonderful names as managers, That effectively is is what we were being asked to do was was to was to get involved with with frontline businesses and and many support masters of course ran uh, quite large retail businesses, typically Ctns mm. or convenience stores, um, but they were in all kinds of businesses. We had chemists, we had vets, we had uh, yeah, doctor yeah. surgeries, all sorts of things. And and over that period of time, my job was really all about learning everything there is to know about running quite quite a substantial business. From from preparing the business plan to get get past the bank manager to get a loan. To the recruitment, to the uh, security, um, because back in the day, I mean, post offices just used, used to carry an awful lot of cash. Yeah, um, uh, to the responsibilities of, of looking after different clients and thinking of people like the, the DVLA and gyro bankers that were known and um, yeah. all those kind of different clients, um, as well as dealing with contractual and disciplinary issues, um, as well as helping them to build a retail business. So, we got involved in everything um, yeah, and it sounds the great like great thing it. at that time was the post office were really keen on on training us, so you know we would we would be doing lots of training in terms of understanding business plans how to how yeah. to do a and l account uh, cash flow and all that kind of stuff. Um, it was fantastic education at that time and, and and one i'm very grateful for and it's amazing how many models. I'm still using 20 years later, you
0: know.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, it was, it was, it was good grounding. Um, it was great also in terms of some of the soft skills because the relationship that the post office had with support was always slightly odd. They weren't employees, they were agents. So what that meant was, as, as a manager, you had to be pretty good at negotiating, um, pretty good at being able to, um, shall we say, win friends and influence people. Rather yeah, than coming yeah. in with the um, the more traditional carrot and stick approach, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that, I think that was that was good grounding as well in terms of of, of my influencing skills, I guess. Yeah,
0: uh, and I think yeah you know, I picked up something there, and uh, I don't know if you have listeners as well, but um, you know, I'd like each of the people listening to this podcast to think about this. You know, your business, you know, uh, Adrian at the time, uh, the post office was to help those postmasters uh, and those you know micro businesses retail businesses to grow and I just wonder because you know the post office saw that they would grow if they could help they would be successful if they helped basically their supply chain do better and I just wonder how many of us in business and how many listeners listening to this podcast actually put effort into helping our supply chains grow okay yes you and I do it as coaches because they're our clients but you know if I think about myself when I had the construction business, you know, the subcontractors I worked with, you know, I always said, yeah, I always did some coaching because I was trying to help not just my business grow, but I wanted to help the businesses that supported me grow as well because I didn't want them to get left behind. I wanted them to be successful so I would be more successful. You know, why not? Why would I keep trying to work with new people when I could just get the existing people scaling up with me? So, yeah, I wonder if the listeners need to ask that question of what are you doing in your businesses whatever type of business it is to help not only your clients grow but help your supply chain to grow as well as well as your own business um because if they do that they're almost becoming a little bit of a coach themselves aren't they that'd be quite interesting wouldn't it we'll get more and more coaches in the world yet so you said it's early days adrian with the the you know doing stuff online um how how else have you sort of changed or benefited from the the changes in circumstances during the last fifteen months?
1: The, the big issue for us when um, when lockdown came was the fact that virtually all our work was face to face. We mm. uh, you know we, we we spent probably around sixty percent of our time working in education we work with uh groups of uh, senior leaders and teachers in building effective teams um the rest of the time is mainly in one-to-one coaching with businesses um so we we had to um obviously flex pivot whatever the the, the prevailing word is yeah 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 so a lot of our work went online um so we 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 actually signed up for a training course ourselves in in, because you know we, we could use zoom but I wouldn't say that we were particularly expert at it. So we, we got ourselves yeah. onto it, got some training and and, um, and and quite successfully really, you know, moved most of our clients over to online. Mm-hmm. Not everybody. Um, we, we lost some clients, some due to economic reasons. Um, yeah. So that was, that was a learning for us, I think. And I think over the, the, the last 12 months, we've certainly become a whole lot better at, at doing online yeah. coaching, yeah. online training, using the phone as
0: well have you been surprised at the types of people that have accepted going online and surprised at those that haven't as well because the reason i say that is that you know, i do a lot of work with tech businesses and, and digital businesses and they are the ones that have been most resistant to staying online and want to go back to face to face and you would think it would be the opposite you think well People who are sat in front of a computer, they know how to use it. You know, they're very digital base. You think they would embrace doing something online. But in my experience, it's been it's been the opposite. They're the ones that want to go back to face-to-face sooner rather than later. Yet the motor mechanic is the guy who said, yeah, I'm quite happy doing Zoom. Uh, what's, what's been your experience of that?
1: Um, pleasantly surprised at how many people have, have been okay with it and also pleasantly surprised in terms of how effective it can be Uh, although for me um, I much prefer phone coaching to zoom coaching I think
0: really that's interesting yeah
1: um, I I think the reason is uh, Simon that that when you're on the phone uh, sometimes clients relax more um, because you can't actually see them Whilst you know, whilst we can see each other, at the end of the day, it's just a set of pixels, isn't it? So yeah, yeah. Um, whereas on the phone, you can relax, you can walk round, of course. Um, yeah. You can keep your pajamas on. Uh, your house can be a mess. Um, and actually, um, one of the things I've learned is is actually if you listen, and you've got to really sharpen your listening skills. It's amazing how much you pick up in body language, just from. The sound of a person's voice so that's that's been a little bit of an education mm. for me
0: yeah i bet so, yeah
1: yeah um and and i've got a number of clients who don't like zoom but are quite happy to to use the phone um and yeah. actually will 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 happily use the phone going forward which is great because it cuts down on travel time and expenses yeah. well. so that's been interesting yeah. there
0: yeah, and yeah, it definitely cuts down traveling. I've I've been doing quite a bit of traveling the last couple of weeks since uh, you know the lockdowns eased, and yeah, my fuel bills was up at about twelve hundred pounds a month. It dropped to about ninety pounds a month, and now it's back up to about four hundred pounds a month. Right. Uh, but it's interesting because you know my my coach um, Eric, when I first started coaching, uh, he tried to get me to do telephone coaching, and I resisted it, and I think because I've I've never tried it myself as a business owner with a coach cause I've always had a coach and I resisted it and I stayed away, but I did easily move and you know, I was more readily um, more ready to accept doing something online. So I've used GoToMeeting, GoToWebinar meeting, webinar and free conferencing, all sorts of softwares before. But for me it was more and an sort of uh, an evolution from face to face to telephone than to doing it online. And you yeah, know, it's interesting that you're finding people would rather have the telephone rather than the online. Because I see that as a the online is a progression, yeah, and and not an obstacle. So yeah, that's that's, that's interesting.
1: Mm, yeah, and and not all some prefer Zoom, but but um, I, I I completely get the um, the advantages of phone, and yeah. I think I think also that that, that coaching by phone um, is less tiring. I think it's something yeah. about the physical act of having to stare at a computer screen, which is, which is quite tiring for the eyes, which obviously yeah. you don't get on a phone,
0: you know? So. Yeah, no, true. And, as you know, I mean, I do have phone calls with clients when they're driving, but actually most of them use the dial-up version of Zoom, <laughs> so, so I can't see them, but they're just using the dial-in version of it, so, yeah, perhaps I, even I'm using a, an alternative of that and doing the phone call so if if people are going to find out more about you adrian and and what you do what what can you tell us a little bit more about the business and and what the listeners can do to you know to to get more value from you
1: okay um well in terms of our business you know as i said earlier we 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 call ourselves lpd it stands for learn perform develop and there's um there's, there's a real theme to what we do. We, we, and when I say we, I'm talking about Lisa, my wife, and myself. We, we are lifelong learners. Um, we learn every day. We love to learn. We love to help others to learn. We love to work with people who actually value their own learning as much as the growth of their business. And one of the things that I I realised not too long ago, Simon, when I looked at my client base, um kind of fall mainly into two groups, uh, clients who have been with me for a long time. I've got I've got three clients, one's been with me two years, one's been with me three years, one's been with me virtually the length of the time I've been running the business, 5 just yeah. over five years. Um, I've got other clients who may just come for a, a small number of sessions and then they're done. And, and look, either is fine, either is absolutely great, but there's a key yeah. difference. The key difference is the clients that tend to stay the longest are the ones that prize their own growth as much as the growth of their business. And I think that's mm. key because that's what we do. That's what we prize is our own growth. Yeah. Um, and, and so therefore, I think, you know, we're looking for those kind of people. Um, I love to work with people who are vocational. Um, yep. You know, the kind of people that, that do what they do and they do it anyway, whether they got paid or not. You know, yeah. so... Uh, I, I work with, for, with somebody who um, is massively into health and fitness and, and runs her own fitness boot camp. I, I, yeah. I work with teachers who have, have always taught and always would teach. Um, you know, um, I love working with people like that. So if 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 people are are really kind of keen on that development, then, you know, would would love to talk to them about what it is that they do. Um,
0: yeah.
1: And, um, yeah, hopefully the, the kind of messages that I was talking earlier um, – will attract those kind of people.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So those listeners that are those kind of people and think, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm somebody who likes like lifelong learning, uh, I want to grow and be better. How do people connect with you then, Adrian? Um,
1: well, I mean, we're uh, usual channels. I mean, um, we have a website at www.lpda.co.uk. Um, yeah. We've got quite a few um, course materials on there, uh, some coaching models. My favourite coaching model, uh, which is very simple. I'm sure you've come across it. B you do have that's um, yep. one of the models that that when I first did it a few years ago, it absolutely transformed my life. Um, yep. So that's on the website for people to download. Uh, okay. can get it's on LinkedIn um, yep. or our email.
0: Yeah, yeah. So the website is lpda.co.uk. Yeah, perfect. And if people want to search for you on LinkedIn, it's Adrian. Wales, and that's W A L E S, like the country. Like the country, yeah. Yeah, fantastic. So, so we know how we can connect with you. There's the B Do Have download that people can get as well. So, listeners, you know, if you want to know more about Adrian and you want to know more about how perhaps you can have that sort of personal growth and that lifelong learning uh, aspect then go and check Adrian's website out or connect with him on, on LinkedIn as well. And, and look out for those posts, look out for that theme. You know, who knows somebody listening to this, you know, if it's, I think you said stress awareness, was it last month? What's this month's theme of making work? Learning at work. Learning at work. Yeah. yeah.
1: I, I think one, one point I would make um, Simon on, on this is that we, we help people to turn that learning into something very practical for themselves, you know? So going back to what we're yeah. saying about the, Working alongside businesses, um, you know, I can do all the the systems stuff, if you like, the, the, the nuts and bolts of running a business. But but I, I do believe I'm working on the person because fundamentally, mm. if you've got a, a a switched on, highly skilled person, they're going to run a great business. You know, so yeah. I I don't claim to to know the ins and outs of their business. Often it's a business yeah. that I have very little knowledge of. I don't need to. It's them that I'm primarily interested in.
0: Yeah. And yeah, if you can get them to be the best that they can be, then the business will be the best that it can be as well. Won't it? You know, it naturally follows on. So if you could give the listeners one tip or one lesson that they can take away, and this is, you know, this fits very well with what I'm just about to ask because, you know, as as listeners, as you know, the, the idea of this podcast is to give you some awareness, give you some education, but most importantly, give you something that you can do something with. And if you listen to this and you don't do something with it, then, you know, that really is, you know, a, a real shame, you know, that both my time and Adrian's time today, you know, hasn't benefited you. So we want you to do something with it. So if you could give listeners something to take away from today, Adrian, what would it be?
1: I think the thing that I love most about running my own business and, um, it's something a prize for a long time is the thing about just being yourself is is, is being the authentic you. Okay. One of the one of the sort of most common themes that I meet with business owners is the whole imposter syndrome thing, the, the fact mm. that actually they don't think that they're quite good enough or ready or right. Um, okay. And I always say to them, "You are absolutely good enough. You know, um, you are brilliant." My job is to help you, first of all, to see that and then actually help you to use that. And, and people are, Simon. I absolutely believe yeah. that people are. Um, I think it was Earl Nightingale that famously said that the secret to success is to see what everybody else is doing and then do the opposite. Um, yeah. And I think that came from the same place about just being you, doing yeah. things your way. Um, sometimes that takes a bit longer and That's sometimes right. it's really tempting to just follow the herd. Um, and think, well, I've got to do this, and I've got to do that. I'll have a website, and I've got to put these messages out on social media, and all the rest of it. But actually, just just be yourself. And and, and my job is helping people to get who they are, yes. uh, And then then and then fulfill their own potential.
0: And, and the good thing with that is, and, uh, you know, and I, I recognising what you were telling us about earlier on that you've actually done that yourself with the online. You know, you've not gone online and done everything that everybody else is doing. You have done it your way. You know, it's an like, old oh, Frank ultra song, isn't it? You know, I did it my way. You know, you've gone out there and you've found a way of being comfortable because I think you're absolutely right, Adrian. If, if any of the listeners feel uncomfortable in the way they're doing it, generally it's because they're not being true to themselves. They're not yeah. being authentic. And that's yeah. what it is. It's not what you're doing that is uncomfortable. It's because it's not aligned to who you are that makes it uncomfortable.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think that's when people get into overwhelm and they start getting pulled in different directions and they end up doing the proverbial 70 or 80 hours a week, which, you know, you see particularly with SME owners. Uh, And that's a real shame because, as I often say to them, you might as well kind of go get a
0: job, really,
1: because that's what you've got, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. How many times I've told uh, clients over the years to go and pack shelves at Tesco's because you'd have a better job, get better paid, better working conditions and be happier sometimes. Yeah. 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 So I I think what the listeners might be thinking about as they're doing that is how do I recognize that I'm not being true to myself? How do I perhaps just get that self-awareness. So is there anything that you could share with them that will just enable them as soon as they finish this podcast, as soon as they've clicked the button and stopped listening on iTunes, Spotify, whatever it is you're listening to, what what can they do to, do you think, to take a step towards that? Well, look, I mean, the, the, the person I probably
1: quote the most in, in my coaching um, is the late, great Stephen Covey. And... Yep. You know, the, the, the book that he wrote, which is a massive bestseller, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, habit number one yeah. is be proactive. And one of the things I, I so often say to people in business is, is, you know, when you look at your average day, how much of it are you spending in proactivity and how much are you spending in reactivity? And, yeah. it, and it applies just the same in our personal lives as well. You know, whose agenda are you actually following? Um, mm-hmm. And for me, that's a good starting point is to think, you know, on an average week, do you spend most of it reacting? And, and, you know, we know so many people in so many jobs, that's what they're doing. And, and to be fair, Simon, if you're an employee, then there's something that says, well, that kind of goes with the turf. Um, yeah. However, if you're an employer or if you're a business owner, then, you know, you should be controlling your own agenda, really. And, and if you're not, then th- there's probably something wrong. And and I think that, for me, that would be the starting point in a practical way, because then you can start to say, so, you know, how do you get more into that position of being proactive and and what are the steps that you would need to take?
0: Yeah. So before I ask you the the, the final question, I just want to reiterate, I think listeners know, you've taken lots from Adrian. You know, we've talked about flowery shirts, we've talked about tea, we've talked about coffee uh, and the way that, you know, Adrian has really emphasized the fact that you need to be authentic and be yourself. And I think that's a real special nugget that you've given the listeners there to take away. Actually do a review. You know, as we record this, and I don't know when you're listening to this listeners, but as we record this, it's a Friday. Get to the end of the week. Perhaps if it's a Monday, look at, back at the past week. Look at that week and ask yourself that very important question that Adrian's just given us there. Whose agenda have you been following? Has it been your agenda? And if you can't answer that hand on heart, hundred percent, then the likelihood is you've not been you. You've not been authentic to yourself and you've allowed other people to have that influence on you. And I think you're right Adrian about the employee and the business owner, but even then, you know, there's nothing worse than being stuck in a really bad job is there. So yeah, we can all be authentic, even if we're in that, in that employed, position as well so i think you shared something very very special there so listeners do that review the last week think about whose agenda you've been following so the final question adrian if you could have your and we'll we'll stick with a coffee for the moment because i know you have your coffee mornings um and perhaps with a morning coffee biscuit that'd be nice but if you could have that next sort of morning coffee what dream location would you have it in
1: well the 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 place that I've been to over the last 10 years that, that stands out most in my mind uh, was Australia. Um, ah. You mentioned in your introduction um, that I'm a big Rugby League fan. And yeah. uh, back in 2017, I was delighted to go and, um, for the final stages of the Rugby League World Cup in Australia and so visited uh, Brisbane uh, and Sydney. But the the, the the loveliest place for me was Melbourne. Um, so um, ah. if, if I... Um, if I uh, could have my coffee anywhere, it would be just sitting down on the beach not far from Melbourne. I think it's a place called St Kilda, and watching the penguins just coming up uh, the shore and um, into their little nests. And uh, it was a truly magical place. So uh, hoping to go back there in the not too distant future. Yeah.
0: See, I didn't even, I mean, I know a few people in Melbourne, but I didn't realise had penguins on the beach in Melbourne. I've learnt something today. Yeah, yeah. Great. Well, thanks for sharing that. And not only have you told us where it's going to be, you've given us that picture of penguins coming up onto the beat, which is uh, magical in itself. Um, thank you very much for giving up your time. Thank you for giving the listeners so much value. And listeners, you've missed a real treat because this is audio only. I seeing Adrian in the shirt and uh, um, I'm coming up to someone now as we record this and I need to swap my wardrobes and get some of my... Um, sort of more colourful shirts out of there as well i tend to go a little bit dull and grey in winter but tend to be a little bit more bright and cheery in summer so a little bit more orangey so thank you for giving up your time today really do appreciate it adrian
1: thank you very much really enjoyed it
0: and listeners as you know this is part of my mission to help businesses coaches and consultants from around the globe be better aware, better educated, and of course, talk about what we drink in our businesses as well. And we've done that today. I'm just going to have one ask in this podcast day. If you've heard this and you know of anybody who you think would like to share a business tip who is in business themselves, uh, they don't have to be a coach or consultant, it could be a business owner, then please get them to message me directly. And I'd love to have them as a guest and share some business tips as well. And I look forward to having you all on the next podcast. Bye for now.